So, so let's look at the Word of God today. Uh, I want to just say that I, I, am, I am informed by the Word of God. I want to just say this as a preface to my message today. We should be informed by the Word of God, and everything that we do in life should come from our relationship with Jesus Christ and what the Word of God has spoken to us, into us. And that's how we are to comport our lives. We are not to tell God what he should mean, but find out what God means and then walk it out and do that. Uh, this message came to me uh, from reading the Old Testament. I, I've been reading uh, during our daily readings, and of course, that, I gave you a rigorous schedule. I do apologize for that. Uh, I thought it was doable, but it's just killing me. And, <laughs> And I know it's killing y'all. You didn't say anything. You probably just say, I can't do it and put it down. <laughs> but at least I kept trying. And, uh, but I just decided I can't be reading Proverbs every month and uh, reading all this other stuff that, that I'm supposed to be reading. And so uh, some of y'all just gave up. Don't raise your hand. I know you did. And, uh, but I, anyway, I stopped reading that, and, and I'm, I've been reading the, the Old Testament. And, and it's just uh, very, very interesting uh, how God was talking to his people uh, through the prophets, talking to them, and it was shocking how they were ignoring God. I think that's one of the craziest things, because we've all done some of it. You know, it's, it's the difference between going to jail and going to prison. <laughs> you know, we've all been guilty of some of that. But my goodness, sometimes we, Israel was bad. From the moment Jeroboam um, uh, was running from Solomon, Solomon wanted to kill him because he was causing, tr causing trouble. But you know what he did? He went to Egypt. That, uh, he didn't go to the wilderness like David. David went to the wilderness. He didn't go to Egypt over there where they were really getting after that pagan stuff. But this guy ran over to Egypt and learned some very, very bad things or was cemented in them. And I believe that this is what God has just laid on my heart to share and I, uh, from Isaiah chapter 40. I was just so shocked. I've read this all of my life, but reading it like this little Bible reading plans got you going and then having a, a, a long time flying over to India. I was, of course, I've been doing it before that and I was reading it over there, reading, 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 reading. And I was just thinking, Lord, these people were crazy. When God speaks, you ought to do what God says. God's in charge of breathing, and you want to keep your breath, but you keep disobeying. I, I trust I'm not talking to, to, about somebody here, but if I am, hey, just own it and then change. Uh, let, let me um, talk about making his path straight. Uh, I, I've, I've had to pause every time I come to that because there's somebody in my life who just always mispronounces that word on purpose, talking about some people he had grown up around. And uh, it, it, it's, it just messes with me. So if I pause when I come to straight, it's because he, I hear his voice in my ears. In Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 through 8, the prophet Isaiah is saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Now, now he is prophesying about a, a person, and he's naming them one, a, a person. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. We know, because we're looking back at the, this, we know it was John. 
John the baptizer, John the Baptist. And this is what John was crying. Prepare the way of the Lord. And I believe this is a message to all of us. We're not going to get a pass. You don't get a pass because you're cute. You don't get a pass because you have beautiful eyes or hair or no hair, whatever. You don't get a pass for that. <laughs> Prepare the way of the Lord. And what this is saying is that whenever a dignitary or a, a, somebody important was a king or someone was going to a place, they had runners in front of them making sure that the way was smooth. You don't want rocks all in the road. You don't want, you know, uh, chuck holes, as it were, you know, dips and things that are there or unnecessary bumps. And so he says, prepare the way of the Lord. So God sent someone to say, prepare the way of the Lord. And, uh, and then he goes on to say, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. So Isaiah is prophesying what's going to happen. Uh, that, that, and I believe that, again, I think this is important for us to understand because I don't believe he's just, he just wants us to have a history lesson. He wants us to understand presently that there is a cry going out now. I believe for the coming of the Lord, and we are saying basically the same things. He says, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Wow, this is so beautiful, isn't it? And then he goes on to tell what that looks like. He says, every valley shall be exalted. We don't want the, the king coming and dipping it up and rolling. We want to make sure that everything is perfect for the king. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. We, we want a level plain. We want a highway, a super highway. For our God. And so there are those of us who are always influenced by the world. We are influenced by the world. All of us in some ways have been influenced by the world, but some of us have just swallowed the whole thing. You know, hook, line, and sinker. And that we are now more culturally Christian than we are biblical. Que lastima, huh? Yeah, what a pity. What a pity. You know, that but we're more like that. So I believe the cry of the Holy Spirit is to say, no, we need to not be culturally Christian, but biblical in every way. Because we are built on the rock, Jesus Christ. That is our foundation, and he is also the structure, the structure on the foundation. He is the foundation, and he's the structure on the foundation. So you and I have a charge. Remember the old Methodist I don't know if it was a hymn or just a praise, a charge to keep I have, a God to glorify, a never dying soul to save, and fit it for the sky. So you and I should have a, a, a view of upward, not worldly outward. All right? Are we good? All right. Come on. Talk to me. So, so the, uh, the prophet Isaiah says, the crooked places shall be made straight. So our job is not to get in with the world and, and help with, with the world situation. No, our job is to make crooked places straight and rough places smooth. That's our job. Our job is to be informed by the word of God and then to walk in that truth and reality. Having been built on the rock, having been built on the foundation uh, of Jesus Christ. 
So Jesus is our everything, and we must understand that. We must understand that for us, those of us who have been saved, as I think as Brother Roloff used to say, those of us who are saved by grace ought not live in disgrace. All right, so we're saved by grace, and we need to walk that out. And I want us to be cognizant, aware of what God is requiring of us, and not like Israel. When I, I want you to at least keep reading the, the Bible stories in First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles. Let's keep reading that, and you'll find out how God spoke from heaven, and a people disobeyed Him and chose. False gods. Now, we don't per se have little idols walking around. We're a little bit more educated, more sophisticated. We don't, have, we don't carve out little things, but we carve out stuff in the world that we want to believe. That's how we do it. So we, we need to now be aware when we see their example of, um, of apostasy, we need to make sure that we are not apostate, that we have not strayed or erred from the truth. We have not said, oh, well, God understands, you know, because Israel had that craziness. When Jeroboam rebelled against uh, uh, Rehoboam, Solomon's son, Rehoboam was a foolish young man. His daddy was purportedly the wisest man who ever lived, but he was sure foolish. Let me tell you why he was so foolish. He was making it up as he went. This is what he did. When Jeroboam said, look, all we want is some relief, man. We, you know, they didn't see to say man. But, <laughs> but you know, you, you'll allow me to use the vernacular, my East Texas vernacular. So he says, we just need a little relief. He said, you know, you, you've just been too hard on us. Your, your, your daddy was just hard on us. He was re exacting too much of making us pay taxes and working all the time just so he could live in grandeur, you know, and said, and so he said, Rehoboam said, well, give me three days and I'll come back and we'll talk about it. So he goes back and he asks the men um, who were advisors to his dad. Now, you've got men who have counseled purportedly the wisest man who's ever lived. And you ask them what they think, and they tell you, listen, why don't you lighten them? And, man, if you lighten their burden a little bit, they'll serve you forever. That's right. They got the wisdom. And so then he, he rejected that counsel, and he went to ask his buddies, right. folks who were as young and dumb as he was. <laughs> now, listen, I'm not saying because you're young. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. You know, one good thing about teenagers, you can't just leave the church. Your parents will bring you back next week. But you know what he did was he, he asked the people who didn't have any experience. And he, they didn't really know the ways of God. And, and uh, they said, no, 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 don't do that. You, know, you tell them that your little finger is going to be bigger than your daddy's waist. And he did that, and Jeroboam re rebelled. And from that point, so Jeroboam did not want Israel, uh, who had ten tribes, left Rehoboam or Judah. They left and went with him. They rebelled against uh, uh, Judah or the king. And uh, then Jeroboam set up idols, false gods, because he didn't want them to know the truth. And that's a danger. You'll find that the enemy is always trying to get people who believe in God to go astray. And this is what I believe Isaiah is saying here. He says, 
The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. And he's saying, is there something coming that is so big, it's called the glory of the Lord. That is, Jesus is going to be seen in his majesty, who he is, and you and I are heralds. We have a sphere of operation, and we're supposed to make sure in that sphere that everything is right. You don't have to be jealous about what somebody else has. What have you done in your sphere? Wow, man. Let's remove all the bumps and the humps and the rocks in the road in our sphere. God has given us something to do. Let's do it well. He says, because it's coming a time when the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. It's going to be public. It's going to be spectacular. And you and I have been called to be participants right now. You and I are being made ready so that that day will come when we begin to cry out in our sphere and everything will happen right in our sphere. And he says, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Wow. How powerful is that? The mouth of the Lord is spoken. So it's not time to argue about local lots. We are to make his paths straight. And that's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. Wow. So he says, now, now the first voice we know was the prophet Isaiah in, in verse 3, or we could say it was John the Baptist. And now in verse 6, he says, the voice said, cry out. So the voice here is God saying, cry out or shout aloud. Don't whisper. Don't be timid. Cry out. And he said, what shall I cry? It's all right to ask God questions when you don't know. Hey, Lord, I'm always asking God questions. And I, one of the things, and I, I don't, I'm, I'm not preaching myself, but I'm just showing you, sometimes God is saying things about me that are so great, I'm reticent to believe. I, I, hope, I hope I'm not talking to you, but I, I dare say I am. I, I dare that some of you, God is speaking things to you, and you go, that can't be me. He must be talking about somebody else. I know there are times, that I, I'm never that kind of person who goes, oh yeah, me, God, thank you. I've, I've always believed that about me too. No. <laughs> I'm saying, that's too good for me. That's too good. Lord, would you tell me one more time? Tell me in a different way than you told me the last time. That's too good for me. And I'm sure that there are those of you, God has been speaking, but you've ignored because you thought, that's too good for me. He says, the voice said, cry out. You go, well, I don't know what to cry out. He says, and he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass. I want you to tell them how temporary things are. Those things that they are, being, that, that they are pursuing, those things that the enemy entices them with, they're temporary. So don't go after the temporary things. Don't be like the trout who will swallow a lure. It's not even food. Yeah, he says, all flesh is grass. Now, he's going to explain. And all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. And so what the prophet is saying is that everything that you, you see is temporary. You, know, you, you look around, I see all these beautiful faces, and I mean that sincerely, beautiful faces. I see all these really good-looking people. I don't see anybody who's not good-looking here. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. But he says, all this loveliness... All this uh, is all flesh is grass, and all this loveliness is like the flower of the field. 
God has something permanent for you, something uh, more real than what you see. And he says, but we are looking, we are forsaking what God has for what is fading away. Now, this is what he says. The grass withers. The flower fades because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers. The flower fades. But the word of our God stands forever. What he's saying is depend on the word of God, not on what you see. I, I say this respectfully. I used to, uh, Pastor Charles and I would always go to the nursing home in the early days of the church. And we would go to uh, uh, this particular nursing home and you would see pictures of people. And boy, they were like blindingly beautiful in, uh, over there. And, uh, and then you would look at the picture. <laughs> You know, and, I mean, it's really, then you understand the scripture. The grass withers. <laughs> the flower fades. The flower, the flower loses its beauty. But the word of the Lord stands forever. You and I have been called to the word of God. So we should look at everything through the lens of the word of God, following the Holy Spirit, not interpreting what God says by the things that you see, things that are withering and fading. So I, there's always a temptation because the enemy always uses people who have some attitude toward God, toward worship. You know, I, I won't say that they're always Christian, but they really know there's somebody higher. They know that there's something greater than themselves. And uh, then, of course, in Israel, Israel had the covenant with God. They had the, um, they, they were uh, the family of God, the people of God. They were establishing God's kingdom on the earth. They had a reality with the only true and living God, and they traded it for what didn't profit. What, what happened? So the enemy came in and corrupted their belief. And that's what the enemy is doing today to, to so many of us. And, and so what he says is, depend on the word of God. Let me look at Luke chapter 1 and in verse 20, uh, Luke 1 uh, verse 80, I'm sorry, it's not, eight, not 20, 180. Luke chapter 1 verse 80 introduces John. It says, so the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts to the day of his manifestation to Israel. And so what he, I think what I gather here is that God often keeps those people he's going to use in obscurity. He keeps them in, as it were, desert places. So some of us here, I'm sure, are thinking, are thinking well, God is not going to use me. I mean, well, who am I? What am I? I mean, I've asked the same question. Who am I? How, who am I? And sometimes when God says things, I go, Lord, tell me in another way. You know, because I just, it's hard to believe that you'll use somebody ordinary. But God loves using ordinary people. Because all flesh is grass. And, and its loveliness is like the flower that fades. Your beauty will fade. You'll get older. Very few people will get better when they get older. Very few. I've seen people get better looking as they got older. But very few most of them. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, 
So the Lord is saying, put confidence in what stands forever. Put, you and I have been called to the kingdom for a time such as this. This is a prophetic crying out that God has, has brought forth in John, through John, but, but more so even with us, that I believe that God has called the church to be a pure church, a spotless church, a spotless bride, and not be so concerned about this, these local lots. In Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, it says, In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, being governor of Judea, Herod being Tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip Tetrarch of Iturea, or Iturea and the regions of Trachonitis, Lysanias Tetrarch of Abilene, and Annas and Caiaphas were high priests. Now, before I finish that, uh, when he says they were Tetrarch, it means that there was this region and, and uh, Caesar had divided it into four parts and gave one, you, can, you rule this fourth, you rule that fourth. That's what the term tetrach means. And he says, and Annas and Caiaphas were high priests. Now, this shows you how the enemy comes and, and tries to destroy things. Annas and Caiaphas? No, God instituted one high priest, but now the world system comes and says, wait, well, y'all can change this. And there are some of us who are gullible enough to change things. There are things that are wrong, and I believe that God is saying, I want those I've called to make them right. Now, stay in your lane. You, you can't just go all out of your lane zigzagging all over the highway because we're going to want to make the highway straight. So stay in your lane and do only that which God called you to do. Don't look over and meddle in something else because this is the day that God has called us to. He says, the word of God came when Annas and Caiaphas were high priests. So Rome removed Annas and, um, and put Caiaphas there, but the Jews said, well, we're going to recognize them both. Compromise. Compromise. We have to watch compromise, brothers and sisters. Now, now listen, there, there's, there's so much that's going on in the world. There's so much going on in the church. There's sometimes people who are seeking God come in and they go, this is not it. I remember when I was in the army, they told this little joke, I guess, or story, I don't know, about the guy who was going around picking up paper and saying, this is not it. This is not it until they committed. And there were guys doing all kinds of things to get out of the army. They didn't want to go to war. And, and so they, he said, this is not it. This is not it. So finally, uh, the, uh, his, his drill sergeant or, or sergeant decided we need to do something. Went to the captain, and they put this guy in a, uh, to see the shrink. I mean, not, not the shrink. The, the, the psychologist. <laughs> Perdone me. And, and so they did. And so finally they said, he, he, he's nutty. We have, to get him, we have to let him go. And so they, they took him and they wrote him a discharge uh, for medical reasons. And, and he said when he got it, he said, this is it. <laughs> we don't want the world to, to tell us what it is. And so he says, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. Now notice where the word came. It came to him in an obscure place. So don't always want, uh, you know, the highest seat, the best place, the most recognition. It came in, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around, around the Jordan, listen, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. 
as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. What was he crying? Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough ways smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. So this is coming to ultimate fulfillment. All flesh shall see the salvation of God. And you and I have been called to participate in this. You and I have been called to have an integral part of what God is doing in the last day. Let us not be polluted by those who don't know God. Let's not be polluted by them. Let's not be polluted by public opinion. Let's walk in the truth of God. That's our charge, to walk in the truth of God. But stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Make those, those places in your sphere of operation smooth. Take out the crooked places. Be a person of righteousness. That's what God wants from you. And I want to read a few verses and then we will, we will make way. In Luke 2, verse 26 through 32, it says, and it had been revealed by him, speaking of Simeon, by the Holy Spirit, that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And sometimes when God speaks these amazing words to us, we think, me? No, that's got to be somebody else. Well, Simeon knew it was for him. And you can know it is for you when God speaks a word. When God says, I'm going to do something in this day that's going to astound many, but I'm going to use you, daughter. I'm going to use you, son. You can say, wow, be it unto me according to your word. That's what you should do because we're living in the day where we need to make these rough places smooth and the crooked straight. He says here, he told, God told Simeon he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Messiah. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. So he came by the Spirit. He was led by the Holy Spirit. You and I are led by the Holy Spirit. We're, that means we are sons of God. We're children of God, led by the Holy Spirit. If you're not led by the Holy Spirit, you're not his children. And so by the Holy Spirit led him in the temple. He had no idea that, that Christ was coming into the, the temple. Mary and Joseph were going to bring him in the temple to, to dedicate him. And here, Simeon being led by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Thank you. This is what we are today. This is what God wants and expects from us. And says, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he, Simeon, took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, all nations, all peoples, all people groups, not just us. And what the enemy does, he oftentimes uses, if you look historically, he uses prosperity to lure us away from God. That's what he uses comfort, easy stuff. Remember what, what Jesus said in his defense of John, and my time is gone. But he says in defense of John, he says, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? Somebody in nice clothing? Did you go out there to see a reed, a, a reed shaken by the wind? No. But you went out to see a prophet, and I'll tell you more than a prophet. And this is what God is saying to us. This man wore camel's hair a leather belt. He'd never seen GQ magazine. He didn't know he could have looked a lot better. But he had the word of God in his mouth. 
That's what God wants, somebody with the word of God in their mouth. And I believe God has said that to you and to you and to you and to you. Just stay in your lane. Know your measure. And then he says, my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. I, I, there's much more I want to say about it, but I'm going to end this today by saying John the Baptist was going, it was his, word, his mission was to restore all things. And at some point, we'll, we'll elaborate later, when people ask who John was, Jesus says, he is, if you can receive it, he is the Elijah who is to come. If you can receive it, this is Elijah. What? Elijah was going to restore all things. The hearts of the fathers of the children, the children of the fathers. He was going to restore things for the coming of the, of the Messiah, for the, for the coming of God, for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, if you can receive it, Israel, this is it for it. And they couldn't receive it. The people of God couldn't receive it. It's crazy. What about us? The Lord is speaking to us. He's speaking to us right now over and over and over again. And sometimes, like Israel, we're bored with the Word. Bored with the Word. Oh, again. Absolutamente. Yeah. Absolutely. Again. And what the Lord is saying, I'm ready to bring something forth. I'm ready to birth something in your time, in your sphere. I'm trying to birth something. Are you ready to bring forth? Wow. There's much more. We'll see it at a later time. God bless you. We'll be back in a minute.